Welcome to Outside the 9 to 5. I don't know what that just was, but this is Kevin Hartnett. And I'm Colton Richards. And you're listening to the Outside the 9 to 5 podcast. A show where we discuss the challenges we face on a day-to-day basis with our careers, relationships, and fitness and nutrition. We'd like to keep it light as we discuss some of the life battles we, and I'm sure some of you, deal with on a daily basis. So sit down, strap in, and enjoy the ride. We partied hard last night, dude. Yeah, dude, hardcore. Hardcore. You made it to midnight? Yeah, barely. What time do you think I made it to? (laughs) No, not even close. 9.30? Yeah, probably. Actually, yeah, probably about that. Way past my bedtime. Yeah, I was was impressed you were up that late to begin with. So, I mean, that couch, I just kind of... Slipped right into a comfortable location. And that that couch was, is comfortable, right? I didn't even move. I didn't yeah. even move all night. I slept nine hours there. Yeah, it's incredible. It's um, an incredible uh, piece of furniture. You know dude, what I mean, dude? We're getting into goals this year, or I guess we're gonna. Are we gonna look back first? Yeah, I think I think it makes sense to look back okay. first before we look forward. Okay. Right? Well, do, is there any? I, I guess into the past. Into the past. <laughs> Should we be talking? What do, What did we accomplish this year with the podcast? Do you think? I know this is totally off topic, but before we get into our personal lives, what do you yeah, think I mean, we accomplished I, this year with the podcast? I, I staying consistent. It's hard to stay consistent over a full. Like, since we've started this thing, and I feel like we've done a really good job of staying consistent. I can only think of maybe, like, two or three instances where we didn't release something during yeah. the week, uh, which is pretty fucking good. So I agree with you. Um, I think that in itself is a, in a, an accomplishment. And you know what I didn't even think about now? Even with trips in this upcoming year, we now kind of have the technology to realistically do it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and we also kept it going, even though you decided to move my to bad. Texas. So. That's my bad. <laughs> well, no, I mean, just the ability to adapt and change in that situation. I mean, we're doing everything pretty much through Zoom now, and yep. it arguably sounds better. So, Yeah, and you know what I was just thinking about, and I know this wasn't planned at all, but it's funny that after that I after the Iron Man, we kind of had a conversation about like what do we want this to be in terms of how focused do we want it to be on our priority scale? Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I think we both agreed that this this is kind of a tertiary yeah focus for both of us right now where we're at with our careers and personal lives. Agreed. So it's not like. We want it to be our, you know, a side hustle kind of deal. Like it would be nice if it brought us income or like could be more a part of our life in some way if we went on other podcasts. But I don't think that's like our primary objective with this thing. Yeah. And right now I think that would just honestly water everything down. Yeah. Right. Like we don't want to have to be stressed putting ads up in the middle of our podcast and taking up two, three minutes of people's time. So I know people have a have enough shit going on in the day and if they're going to take some time out to listen to our podcast rather it all be from us <laughs> rather content. than uh, from other people so and the way i kind of look at it and i think we'll see 3 4 years down the line like the amount of content that we've put out with this thing um i think it'll be impactful for us somehow business wise i don't know exactly like i don't have a tangible I can't think tangibly of how that will come, but I do really believe at least for you and like your advisory business or something, right? You put out so much content and added value in people's lives. Like if they need help financially, I believe they would look at you because if they listen to the podcast weekly, they're, you're probably one of the only financial advisors they know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, maybe I guess that's not necessarily, that could be like a side effect of it. That's but what I'm yeah. Yeah. That's not the primary goal. I I already feel like I get, value in my day-to-day job from doing this yeah just through having an additional hour-long conversation with somebody you don't really get to do that on a day-to-day basis no. the only time you get to do it is actually typically with clients and you can't it's hard to practice in a live scenario right so you got to take what you learn from that um if we're here it's a little bit lower stakes and i've definitely learned to let people 
speak a little bit more mm. and let them carry on from what they're saying. I, I definitely have an instinct to jump in when I have a thought. And so this has taught me to kind of just wait a second. And the one thing I noticed that we both did well, in my opinion, with the podcast we released with my mom is we were very nimble in conversation. Moving yeah. with what the other person wanted to talk about almost. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, of course, we, we talked about it after you had a list of questions and a whole agenda and it, we maybe, you maybe asked the first question yeah. on your list and it went off from there. <laughs> and that's just, that's just a reality of the situation because of what, but what we both do is extremely based around how well you can listen and then ask follow-up questions. Yep. So that's just, I don't know. I feel like we both learned a lot from, from just having those conversations. Agreed with you. But one thing we could do better on is maybe asking people to leave reviews or share the podcast. Every We could, yeah. Every episode I listen to of other people's shows – they all say that, except maybe Rogan, who has the most popular podcast in the world. But, like, everyone else talks about it. So, for the listeners, if you guys enjoy the content, if you could share on your social media pages, if you could let your friends know this is something you listen to, if they ask. Like, I don't know how to quantify it, but when people reach out that they listen, it does mean a shitload to me. Like, and it. Don't it freaks me the hell out, honestly. I'm really? like, what episode did you listen to? <laughs> what stupid thing did we say? <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I, I hear you. I think the same thing. And we we do a horrible job at it. So It's just not maybe our primary thought when we're going into a show or an episode is to remember. But, yeah, if you guys could share this year, that would be a huge win. Slap that subscribe button. Share the, share the podcast. Yeah, that would be Tell cool. a friend. Tell a family member. Um, Tell your grandma. All right, so do you want to get into this thing? This is episode 76. We're going to do a look back on 2021. What do you want to start with? The goals that we kind of looked at and I think successfully accomplished, or do you want to talk about lessons first? Yeah, why don't you go through the goals that you achieved, and then maybe we can dive into lessons from there with you. So number one for me uh, was actually – Here's what I'll say I, I kind of described. We got dogs everywhere in this house. We play through fire here. Um, I, I think kind of the way I look at 2021 for me is describing it as I look to architect my life and feel like I was in control. And I really do feel like I had that and, and successfully implemented that in a lot of areas. So with that being said, I, I was able to accomplish that Ironman, which was an awesome feat for me. Um, and doing it with you was an awesome experience. Moved to Houston. And then this was a big thing when I got back from that trip in Denver earlier this year. I talked about reading Green Lights, and I really wanted to have some amazing experiences this year. And I think I was able to do that with travel. So, like, I went out to Denver, Arizona, was at my beach for the fourth. I made a trip to D.C., did Atlantic City for the half Ironman. So, um, then you moved to Texas. Well, that was before oh, that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I just want to make sure I'm experiencing life. And when we looked back on the journals before we did this podcast, I mean, everything I was grateful for was an experience or someone in my life. So I just want to be cognizant of that as I move you know, further down. As I get older and like I focus on like the financial situation this year, I just want to make sure I'm cognizant of investing in experience and being around good people. And then my fourth one, I hit all my sales quotas and got a promotion haven't signed the contract yet god knows where that is but um yeah i did you know informally get a really nice promotion so those are kind of the four things on my list that uh were really really awesome for me this year what do you think which one did you value the most i'll say this i think the move to houston will be something i value the most in maybe 12 months from now but i i would obviously put iron man as number one uh as the thing i you know, I'm most proud of. Really? Okay. Why is that? Uh, why is that? Dude, the level of commitment is something that I can't even, I can't even maybe tangibly put into words. It, it wasn't even the hours. It was just like the mental discipline. I mean, it was the hours, but it was also the mental discipline, you know, during winter time to be in a basement for, you know, six hours a day, cursing at myself, calling myself horrible names. <laughs> Just to just to move the needle forward to be able to accomplish like an endurance event like this, 
And that was that's like one weekend, right? So when you do that for fifty two weeks, like a year plus of training, it just yeah, it's it's a wild experience. So what was the most surprising part of that experience for you? Like real like expectation versus reality. How easy it was to do the event. Okay. The event was easy to me, honestly. Like there was I mean, there was like thirty minutes where the run was absolutely horrible. And I wanted to just quit. Not really quit. I knew I was never going to quit. But, um, dude, the training you put in just prepares you for that. Like, I was so ready to accomplish the event that I actually thought the event was easy. The training in the basement, that's the hard shit. Running two hours in the freezing fucking cold, that was the hard stuff. Uh, yeah, dude. So many so many tough runs. Like yeah. Snowing, raining. There were so many runs we went out there and we it was like 20 degrees out. I don't even know how we do it. I'm freezing right now. Yeah. And I think about going out and running and it does not appeal to me whatsoever. whatsoever. Yeah, so I guess when you don't have an option, it, you make it you make it happen, but yeah, I would I would probably I would probably agree with you on Is, that one. What that the event was easier than the training? Yeah, way less intimidating. Yep. Than, than the actual than the actual training is that your number one goal that you accomplished or is um, the cfp man i don't that's that i mean that's a tough question i would i would probably have to say the the iron man was probably the one that i wanted the most and it also was the hardest for sure for what, me what was the hardest part about it for you the, the hardest part about that journey was just staying in the fight yeah like I can confidently say, and I've said this before, that the last four or five months of training for that Ironman were like m- miserable. Like I didn't want to do one workout. I yeah. didn't want to do one thing. I wasn't excited to like get on a bike, go in a pool, put on my running shoes. I mean, I had one or I had a couple workouts where I felt like you know good, mm. but. It was just, it was tough towards the end. I think and when it got canceled, I saw that. Yeah, and getting getting canceled Switch. the second time yep. was was rough because what people don't realize when when an event like that gets canceled, like you've put in, and now you know you've put in six seven months of like of the hardest training and work mental preparation that you've ever done in your entire life, and then the rug gets kind of pulled out from under you. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, just staying on the path was was very difficult there. I would say you just showed up, dude. like, and not that you weren't intentional, because I I'll tell you one of the really good workouts you had where I was like, holy f- shit, was one of those two a day running sessions, yeah. and I was basically collapsed. I basically died, and you just yeah. hammered it, and I was like, oh my god, this kid's about to murder the Iron Man. Yeah, and it was just one of it was one of those things that uh, everything that more or less could have gone wrong went wrong with like the my initial plan and what happened and everything that um oh my gosh reese is just absolutely reese is trying to lay pipe over here yeah he likes humping guy dogs on another we don't judge we don't judge we don't judge we don't judge but uh, circling back to you and the goals that you accomplished yep what were the biggest lessons you learned from from those goals, and the biggest lessons you've learned about, I guess maybe yourself this year. Yeah, um, yeah. Here's what I'll say, and, and I think all four of the things I talked about, um, the these two skills really helped me accomplish. I would say boundary setting with people or things I don't want to do. Right. There's a lot of shiny objects out there. And I think when you have clear goals, like a promotion, like a move, like an Ironman, it allows you to set very, very strong and sturdy boundaries. Um, And then the second thing is just weekly scheduling. When you have so much going on and you're training that much for an event, and then you also have a job and you have relationships, your ability to you have to architect your life. You have to architect your life and make sure you're allocating the proper time and resources in your week to accomplish those goals. So um, the two biggest things I learned from from this year for me personally, and this is like a tangible skill, is going to be boundaries with people and then weekly scheduling. 
What do you think? Where do you think most people fail around boundary setting? And where do you do fail in the past with that? Uh, I I failed thinking that I cared too much about how people reacted to the boundaries I set. And that's where I think a lot of people fail, right? If your buddies ask you to go out, yeah, that's maybe something I, I, I wanted to do in the micro, but it doesn't move me to my macro goal of, you know, becoming an Ironman. So that's the hard thing to do. And then your buddies say, oh man, like, where are you at, dude? It's like, I'm working on other shit, man. Yeah, worried about the reaction. A hundred people. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I could totally agree with that. And then with the weekly scheduling, what do you think is the most powerful thing that that enables you to do? It, it does help you with boundary setting because you know right. what you okay. have to accomplish each week. Uh-huh. Um, and if people reach out to me, it's like, dude, I have. And so if people reach out to me and want to schedule time to talk or do do these external things or other things. Um, I'll give them a couple times. I'll say, here are two times I can talk to you. If that doesn't work, we'll schedule something. Or I just will say, hey, man, I, I can't swing it or something. Like it allows me to set proper boundaries because I know what is most important in my life. Right. So it enables you to say no yep. a little bit better too because you are you have things already prepared. 100%. Gotcha. Okay. Well, just to talk about your weekly scheduling, maybe you, you want to go through – how you go about that, yeah. your process. Um, I, as Sunday morning is typically when it gets done. Even if I'm, you know, on the road, I'll typically spend an hour just wherever I am looking at my calendar. And at this point I've done it for, you know, seven months straight, dude. So a lot of things are reoccurring. Like I know when I'm going to go to my five thirty AM CrossFit class. And I know when, um, I have certain team meetings internally and I know when I'm going to be making proactive calls. So, uh, as you get into this, you, you do have the ability to just set reoccurring events on your calendar. So for me, it's become pretty second nature. But I, I would say the primary things you look to schedule are goals you're working towards, right? So for me, it's fitness. It's heavily involved in my, you know, um, in my work schedule. And, you know, I schedule my reading. I schedule my meditation. I schedule um, walking. The one thing I do got to get better at, scheduling some downtime. But um yeah, I mean, I just like, okay, what goals are you working towards? How much time do you have to allocate to those things to achieve those goals? I, do you want more tangible or what? No, 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 no. That's that's good. I, I feel like that's the, right, that's the double-edged sword with scheduling your week is like when you sit down on Sunday, you feel – I feel like we're both like that in the sense that we want to – we'd rather be busy than not. Yeah. And so it does become somewhat of a challenge in when you have empty space and just filling it with something that – makes you feel like you're doing something but maybe isn't productive. necessarily productive yeah, yeah yeah exactly right and here's where maybe you realize this a little bit better than i do with respect to the iron man i was able to program a little bit more downtime because it's like okay you can't work out for a third time bro like that's not going to be productive right i don't think the same way with work you know so it's like i can always learn more and always be reading more industry stuff or you know planning agendas like I can always do more with work, so it's tough for me to actually tangibly understand when I need to shut off at work. That's well, yeah, the I think I think mental me. fatigue is harder to read on yourself than physical fatigue, thousand right? Percent. Right? You got you have muscle soreness, yeah. whereas like your brain, you kind of just get a little foggy, and you push you can push through that. But of course, you know the the inevitable um, crashing that happens if you do do that. Which is it's kind of kind of crazy to think about. Like we don't have a really great way to, besides just taking a second to think about how you feel to really monitor how much mental fatigue you have. Sounds fluffy as hell. When I could, yeah. like two weeks ago, when I couldn't articulate, usually emails just flow. Like I don't even know how to describe it. When I'm communicating with someone, the emails just come off the tip of my fingers, and it's like, oh, beautiful, done, send. Dude, I couldn't even write like the first sentence of an email and I was like, wow, I'm <laughs> mentally fatigued. So, yeah, I don't know. I got to figure that out. That's a, a goal, I think, for me this year. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you did a good job in realizing it. Right. Right. And noticing that, that you were feeling that fatigue. What else? What else? You got two tangible skills that you just talked about. Were there any like overarching lessons outside of those skills that you can take for yourself moving forward yeah i'll say 2022 i'll say two things that are more just high level like uh maybe conscious thoughts 
asking more questions are I mean our, the entire Q4 of our podcast you know we we kind of jokingly was like this chapter for me at least personally was all about asking questions like is what I'm chasing outside of my career really what I want to be pursuing like Amazon FBA or like real estate um like running the ultra marathon is that really what you want to do like asking more questions and just being a little bit more curious about the, the act, the things I'm doing um, and not feeling like I have the answers or, or have, have to go a certain route. Um, so that's something that, you know, I don't think I've have refined, but I, I think it's something I'm, I'm consciously a little bit more aware of. And then the fourth thing is something you taught me um, for sure. And I have given you credit for it, but not taking myself so seriously. I think when, you know, we're pursuing a lot of stuff, man. And for me, I do want to like feel like the, not, yeah, maybe an alpha. Like I want to feel like an alpha. I want to feel like I'm really running hard at this stuff. I'm disciplined. I'm focused. Like I'm mentally acute, but that doesn't mean I can't, you know, have a little levity to, you know, saying stupid shit or, you know, messing up on a phone call or I don't know, whatever it is, man, like having a shitty workout, like just being a little bit more forgiving with myself. And I think humor Humor is a good way for that, a good way to practice that maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you can't laugh at yourself in life, then you're going to have a lot of a lot of trouble. Right. And you got to practice that, of course, right? It doesn't just come naturally. I mean, I always like to try to beat people to the – more or less, I beat people to the punch. Right, and I've never done that. And and that's because I'm, I'm – you have to be self-aware to be able to do that, right? Right. And so people don't expect it, and they'll they'll find it funny as well. And um, you do a great job of it. So, yeah, I think that's that's probably a good good piece to take moving forward is a little bit more lightness. Um, but I think that there's a there's a value in having uh, like the uh, that perspective of like the alpha personality yeah. that that you're trying to achieve, right? You're thinking about the person that you'd like to be in ten years and how they act versus. You know, a thousand you are today. So, yeah. All right. That's enough cool. about me. That was, I mean, I feel like that was an hour and a half about me, but. Nah. 10 no, minutes. Don't, we're at 20. We're 20. All right. You're good. So, all right. You're good. Get into, get into your, your, do you want to do your skills and high level thoughts or do you want to do goals first? Yeah, I'll, I'll do the goals first. Okay. Uh, I already talked about the, the Ironman. No, you didn't get into it enough. I didn't get into it enough. No. <laughs> I mean, I think, would you say, because this is what I was reflecting on when I was just thinking about your achievement of it. How hard was the aspect of it being three years, bro? Because for me, it was 12 months, which was brutal. But, like, how did you – I don't know. How did you keep showing up? Like, because you said that was the biggest goal for you. Like, what made you continue to show up? Yeah, I mean, I wanted I wanted it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, I set a goal for myself to do that. And, I, and it's been something that I've thought about before. Like, mm. this is something I thought about in, like, high school and college. Like, oh, it would be really cool to be able to – like, I could, I could definitely see myself doing that. Like, I know I could do that. Mm. And so when I set out to accomplish that goal, I was going to tra- – I was training alone, right. one. And I was, I was pretty much at it by myself. So – Frankly, I think uh, a lot of what helped propel me to continue in that journey was one, you jumping in there, and then two, also Alex taking kind of somewhat of a bigger role in helping me achieve that. What do you so, mean by like, taking a bigger role? Well, like initially, like I was, I was doing a lot of like the food prep by myself and all that stuff, and I could have continued doing that, but. To have Alex there supporting me and doing a lot, like helping me through that aspect, mm-hmm. and uh, frankly, cooking a lot of the food and making sure I didn't die on the side of the road during a workout was uh, was extremely beneficial and allowed me to not have to spend like the very limited amount of mental energy that I had left over the past probably six to eight months on those aspects. And so, I would say, what honestly helped propel me through that whole two, two and a half year journey of training for two Ironmans, having them both canceled, and then finally on the third try doing it, and also having mono at the same time, That's getting ridiculous. in a week before. I think what helped me get through that is like my my why for the goal was was huge. Yeah. Like I was going to do it. Um, 
and two, the people that I surrounded myself with helped me get through that 100%, like a 1,000%. I could not have done that. Like, I would have been able to do the first Ironman alone, Yeah. but I there's no way I would have made it through the whole two-and-a-half-year journey if I didn't have you and Alex with me the whole time. And, like, and let me ask that. you about, did you ever give yourself even an option to quit? Like, was that ever, did you ever, like, on a Sunday after a, a week of working out, were you ever like, fuck this? Um, this third, this third one, I said, if it, it's canceled, then time, like now is not the time. Hmm. Like I was, I was ready to throw in the towel, whether I would have done that. I don't know, but I mean, of course there were so many periods over the, the past two and a half year journey of that Ironman where I wanted to quit. Yeah. And there were I mean, the thing is, like, there were workouts I skipped. There were workouts I didn't perform very well. There were workouts I went and wasn't there. There were workouts where I quit midway through, mm-hmm. like, during that whole journey. And I think that's something that gets lost in a lot of people's accomplishments is they forget about talking about the days where – there were so many days where I just wasn't there and I didn't have it. Mm. And that's okay, but – What's not okay is not showing up on those days. And so even if I was feeling shitty or like knew I, I really didn't want to do something, I would still give it, give it an effort, you know. And more often than not, as if you give it the five, ten minutes of effort in the beginning, you end up having a good day. So just showing up every day, like you said, is – all, that's really all you can do in those situations. That's like the one thing you can control is what your actions are going to be. Because I couldn't control that the races were going to cancel. I couldn't control that I was going to get mono the week before. Like all I could control is how I react and what I what my actions are in those situations. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was easily the hardest thing I've ever done over the course of whatever the twenty seven years I've been alive, <laughs> dude. I, I for me, it's like. I think what it showed me, like you doing it for three years, is how long sometimes it takes to accomplish something. Yeah, that was also another another piece, and I think it, I think that helped me more or less understand like my professional life a little bit better because a thousand percent <laughs> because a lot of physical goals and and not to discount people who have lost like 150, 200 pounds, but a lot of physical goals can be accomplished in six to 12 months if you put in the work. Even less, dude. Yeah, even less uh, for the most part. And so the, you can see those physical changes and you can see it happening. You can see the scale going down you can, or going up, whatever your goal is. But with those types of things, like professionally within your career or within this, this Ironman instance, you have to put in so much more work before you actually see a result. So, um, and even with the Ironman, I would say it's way quicker than you know, your career. And you kind of, it's weird that we expect to like graduate college and then you go into the workforce and you're motivated and you feel like you you want to get ahead. You expect these things to just happen so quickly. And you it's almost like an entitlement issue. Like It's not like you're doing a semester of, fucking classes and taking a test at the end yeah like, that's not how the real world works so you've got to shift that mindset to be a little bit more patient um and i think that's that's something that a lot of people graduating college and even myself today i still struggle with being patient because i don't think it's it's a bad thing to be impatient because it's pushing yourself to do things a little bit quicker yeah. but at the same time you've got to be reasonable with your expectations well, I think you had a reasonable expectation to believe you could do the first Ironman before oh, yeah. the pandemic, yeah. you know? Like, that was a reasonable expectation. So the fact that you continue to show up for another, you know, year and a half is fucking crazy. Wait, oh, I wanted to get on the, the mono thing real quick. How did you hand, navigate that? Like, what was what was your mindset when you were like, all right, I know I'm going to do this Ironman because it's still on a week from the race, like, and then you get sick. What was your... What were your kind of thought processes showing up to the moment of the Ironman? Yeah, I mean, it's just a perspective shift, right? Like, I had been doing workouts, and I was, I mean, like you said earlier, I had been crushing workouts. You've been crushing, yeah. And I realized in that moment when I was sick and I had mono and my, like, my liver was swollen. Yeah. I realized, like, I'm not going to be able to, like, 
my goals for times during this Ironman are out the window. Right. So like, let's, let's just get that over with now. And at that point I was mainly, my biggest concern was being able to just do it. Mm. And because at, at that point in the journey, I don't, I didn't really give a shit about when I, when I got sick about the time, about how, how fast I would do it, et cetera, et cetera. It was more like, how do I save this experience? Mm. And for me, I was just, <laughs> I talked to my doctor. I was like, yeah, I have a swollen liver. Like I have mono. If I do this Ironman, am I going to be, is it, am I being an idiot? Like, yeah. am I really physically compromising my health? Cause if that's the case, then I guess I can't do it. And he said, more or less, it's, it's going to suck. You're not going to win the Ironman. <laughs> that's for sure. You're not winning. But you can do it. Just don't fall off the bike. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that was all I needed to hear from, from him. And of course, like I held hope that I would show up on that day and I would feel, uh, you know, okay. And hundred percent, but the reality was I showed up and as I got out of the swim, my legs started to cramp up. Mm. So, I mean, that's just how it was. And you know what? It was I way, way harder for me to get through that yeah. than I expected to it to be because of the sickness most likely i mean we put in so many hours of work like it's a joke that that was even hard um i mean it's it's probably a testament to our like how much training we did that i finished in under 13 hours even with mono that so. second i would say when it got canceled the first time the intensity of our training for that second tranche of six months I thought we were different athletes honestly yeah yeah i mean we took a whole different perspective shift on on everything um, man, it was, we, we crushed that last, you know, four or five months, yeah, four or five months there. So, well, I mean, you, I, I think for me, what, what's interesting is you could easily have played the victim card in that situation. You know, the victim card of, Oh, I got mono, like this sucks. What was me? And, but the fact that you still showed up, dude, and anyone looking at like an Ironman time, no one really knows what a good time is. Like the reality that you did it in 13 hours is fucking insane bro like under your your circumstances yeah which is i mean it's it was great it was great i was so happy that i was able to just actually be out there and complete it so for me that's what it was about and of course like this is just this is what happens in life yeah you things are just unexpectedly thrown your way you just have to adapt and sometimes yeah you you can't do exactly what you want to do but that's fucking life it's not fair yeah so yeah, it was that was a huge one, the Iron Man. Uh, I bought uh, essentially my dream car, which was the. That's cool. Jeep I didn't Grand think that Cherokee. was going to be a goal, but that's awesome. So that was cool. I've always I always wanted a Jeep, and I was able to I was able to get that accomplished. Pause for a second, this year. because that's not as much maybe an experience. What so it's more of a materialistic item. So let's talk on that goal. Maybe like, even though it is materialistic. I would say it probably meant a lot to you to be able to purchase it, right? Because people say, oh, don't chase materialistic shit. But why was that so important to you? Yeah, it's it's something I've always I've always wanted was to own a, own a Jeep in some capacity. And to be able to do it myself without the help of anyone else, mm. I think was maybe maybe that's what the goal was, was to make a significant purchase by myself without the assistance of family, friends, other people in my life. Uh, was cool, and I don't think I used to think that materialistic goals are stupid. Like you shouldn't have them, but I feel like I've changed my tune on that. And it just depends on what kind of person you are, right? Like I have experience goals, and then I also have yeah, they're materialistic, but I guess they're like experience based. Like I got the Jeep so I could have more space, so we could take our dogs more places and do more things and travel more and yeah, yeah yada 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 so it's not like i just wanted to get it's not like more or less like a rolex like, yeah I, and that's not even a bad thing to have as a goal whatever's going to push you to get you to where you want to go yeah put that up there I think the the game of material or the game, the mindset of materialistic goals where people say it's negative, bro, it, it typically comes from a place of maybe 
maybe it's a security blanket for people that don't want to make money. Like sometimes I hear people saying, oh, I don't want materialistic goals. And like, maybe they're not willing to put in the work that you are to make that money. Or I mean, that's maybe more of a negative or sinister way to look at it. But that's kind of what I see or hear a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't really want any materialistic things. And it's like, it gives them an out not to need to make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think it's been that song has been sung so many times that you shouldn't have materialistic goals, but I think there's a little bit of a disconnect there in that, yeah, you shouldn't have materialistic goals that you expect to make your life, like make you happy in life. Right. You shouldn't expect to like, Oh, if I get this, if I buy this Lamborghini that I've always wanted, you shouldn't expect that that Lamborghini is going to bring you happiness for the rest of your life. Cause it's most likely going to bring you happiness for about two weeks. And then, from there it's it, you just have a lamborghini now now it's just that's just the reality of yeah. the situation it becomes normal way quicker than you expect yeah and that's actually what happened with jeep is like within a month i was it not that i was looking at buying bigger and better things but i was like wow that's so weird that already within a month like it's just normal that i just uh, that i have a jeep yeah like it's just the reality of my life now, which mm-hmm. is which is cool. But you've got to understand that those materialistic goals aren't going to bring you happiness. You've got to get your happiness from somewhere else. Yeah, and you don't. Not tie, it's not necessarily bad to have materialistic goals though. And you don't tie your worth to your Jeep. Yeah, exactly. Cherokee. Yeah, my identity is not <laughs> held within a materialistic thing. Good that's for sure. Like it. So uh, there's that. I. Got a promotion, which was cool. Um, so that was big. Is that tied into the CFP? Yeah, that's tied in the CFP. So I got my CFP and simultaneously got a got a promotion. So that was that was a lot of fun. Of course, the industry that we're in, you know, there's always tests to be taken and always things to learn. Credentials are always there, dude. Credentials. So I got the nice CFP letters next to my name, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner. It's more or less the gold standard for financial planning within the financial advisor industry i I like to say look at it like a cpa for accountants yeah yeah something something along those lines pretty good comparison um on that this is something i was reflecting on with the iron man do you feel like you were a hundred percent focused on that goal with having both of those things going on at the same time uh I don't know. I I think my focus had like shifted mm. probably a couple times. Like I wasn't always. I was not 100% focused on the Ironman the whole time. I kind of went through you go in ebbs and flows, right? Where I was doing a CFP course, so I was focused on that. Yeah. And there were there were points in times where you you take seven CFP courses before you get to sit for the exam. So with each course, you have to pass a final exam. So there were periods of time where it was like two, three weeks during that Ironman training where I was more or less more focused on studying and making sure I passed that exam. Yeah. Because in that moment, that was more important. Me passing that exam is more important than me doing a you know, five, ten mile training run. Correct. So it's definitely shifted back and forth a bit over that time period. The reason I ask is because I was reflecting on, you know, the, the – promotion i got this year and i can genuinely say and i know probably people at my work listen to this but i can genuinely say maybe my focus in certain periods wasn't 100 percent my job right like it was 50 percent my job 80 percent because we're we were at 130 percent this year 80 <laughs> percent the iron man but it's interesting how when you're working towards multiple goals some of the skills you learn as you're training for an iron man might help you level up your game with respect to cfp study or level up your game with respect to like the iron man i don't know it it just because for me i was thinking the promotion probably wasn't my biggest goal this year it was probably the iron man but there's skills i learned from the iron man that helped me achieve a promotion as well yeah and it's weird how even though you may have been focusing more on the iron man how that actually propels you to do a little bit better when you're actually working that's what i was just thinking about yeah yeah, it's a it's a powerful uh, way of looking at it, and it's weird. The more things you end up doing, the the I feel like it, the 
not so much the more things you end up doing, but the more time you spend up doing uh, doing a few specific things, like the better you get at. Even if you're just focusing more so on one, the better you get off like the second or third yep. uh, focus that you have. So uh, that was that was a big one. Um, read anywhere from like fifteen to twenty books okay. this year, which is also I, I feel like that's something I haven't really given myself credit on. I never used to read. I never read. <laughs> In high school or college. I think you told me the last book you read was The Kite Runner. Yeah, <laughs> basically. In high school. And I didn't even read it. I read the Spark Notes. So I didn't I didn't I wasn't much of a reader and I think that piece has helped me tremendously. Mm. Um Do you have any favorites from this year? Favorites from this year. So that's a tough one. The obstacles away the one I just finished, which I think is extremely powerful. And it's a short one too, mm. which is always good. Um, not not no no pictures in that one, unfortunately. So, uh, bit of a bummer. The obstacle is the way. Um, what else? If you don't, we can come back to it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the best ones I've read. I read a couple shitty ones, but uh, you hated that one book by Joe Dispenza. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Your boy Andy Frisella and him are boys, so I don't know how you feel about that. But I don't I don't know. My dad's steering us wrong, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that that's the one that sticks out to me the okay. most. Probably well, obstacles that's the way. The so we'll go, with, we'll go with that one. I like it. All right. So that's books. What's next? <laughs> I think that's it really it for what, like, the goals that I accomplished this year. Okay. Um, Frankly. Do you want to give kind of high-level thoughts maybe or, or skills learned through those different goals and achievements? Yeah. So some of the biggest, I would say, lessons or, or skills. One thing I added later in the year was scheduling my – I should have added this when I was doing the Ironman, but was uh, doing scheduling, uh, week, scheduling my week on Sundays like yep. you do is – an extremely powerful tool to minimize how much time you waste on a daily basis. So that's the most value I got out of it was I, there's, I waste so much less time if I actually have my week scheduled and have things laid out. And it's also way easier to say no to people when you already have things on your schedule. So definitely a valuable tool I've added to, uh, my I guess tool belt, your or, repertoire, or my uh, my tool chest, as Maureen Maureen would say. Maureen would say. Uh, so that one, uh, the another uh, like a big lesson, I think overarching lesson that I learned was if you're gonna do if you're gonna accomplish big goals that you've never accomplished before, you need to expect massive amounts of challenges that you're unprepared for. Mm. And that's just the reality of the situation. Like if you want to do something you've never done before, you're going to experience things that you've never experienced before. Mm. And that relates to the Ironman. It relates to like the CFP struggling. Like it wasn't an easy journey to do both those things at the same time. And it wasn't easy to study a lot of the material that was in the CFP. I mean there's a lot of shit in there. And and not necessarily things that are logical and that come to you from common sense, a common sense standpoint. So uh, there was a lot of – struggle and resistance around both of those things of me not wanting to study or me not wanting to do a workout and I probably felt more so than I've ever felt before the feeling of resistance you could say okay so and let's talk on um what tools did you maybe use to help you with the resistance of studying I know you thought of like maybe some good study techniques or How'd you show up better prepared to handle the resistance in that situation? Yeah, so there was there's a couple things that I that I tried, but the really the the main thing that helped me the most it was doing uh, and it's gonna sound stupid, but it's like called the Pomodoro technique, which is twenty five minutes on, five minutes off. It sounds stupid as hell. I'm laughing because you were, you were doing all sorts of techniques. You were yeah. doing techniques in the kitchen with the Alaskan back back here. Yeah, seer. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you do twenty five minutes on, five minutes off, and it was crazy to see how much more f- focused I could be for a longer period of time doing that. 
And also, in those moments, realizing, trying to bring myself back to what, why I'm doing this. And what was that? And that's answer? so hard to do in those moments of those micro moments where you don't want to do something. It's like this is something that is going to propel me forward in my career and for the rest of my life. So this is an obstacle for me to get to where I want to go. And so, yeah, it sucks. It's not fun to study. But you got like some of the most powerful things that you do in your life are the things that you don't want to do. It's not the things that you want to do. So, yeah, I would say those those two things. You connected it to a why, right? Yeah. Like it's okay. I passed the CFP. Now I can be a producing member of this team, and I can potentially buy into the pra- like things like that. Like you connected it to the bigger bigger goals. Yeah, and also have a plan for what you want to accomplish that day, right? It's how how many pages do you want to read out of this chapter? Like, what do you want to what do you want to do? Have a plan. Mm. And it's way easier if you have a plan and you have like a technique set up of what you're going to do. Like I'm going to read this chapter and then I'm going to go create index cards on the, on the chapter. So, there you go. That's yeah. that's your goal for the day. And whether you're motivated or not to do it, doesn't really fucking matter. Uh, as long as you have that down as a goal, like you should you should feel confident that you're going to accomplish it. It almost takes the emotion out of it. It's like, all right, yeah, this is what I have to do. This is what has to get done. Yeah, and that's a, that's an, another thing. Like with the Ironman training, like there are workouts that were on the schedule. Yep, there are things that I have on my schedule, and I'm gonna do those things. So, or at least make an effort. So that's a big one. Here's here's one thing I want to just maybe this is a good point for it is I think we both got behind this a little bit this year, and I didn't write it down, but uh, heroic consistency over heroic action. Right, you're not going to read the entire chapter of your book today. You're yeah. going to read ten pages, do index card on those ten pages or whatever the example is. Yeah, exactly right. And that yeah, that goes back to how do I read? How do we read like fifteen, twenty books in a year? Or how do you how do you get so much accomplished? It's five ten minute activities. Yep, like that's it. Facts. So even though they seem like such an insignificant amount of time, those little pieces add up. Like like we talked yesterday. Uh, another lesson I learned was yeah, you can do everything right and things can still not go your way with a goal, with life, with really anything. And that the Iron Man kind of embodied all of that, I would say, is you know, I did everything I needed to do, but I couldn't control what happened at the end of the day. And so you, you more or less just have to – you got to do what you got to do and – I want to say not have an expectation that it's always going to work out. I think I like the idea that you just said is setting the expectation. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. It's a little earlier. A little uh, earlier. No, I think that what I, I liked that you said was you set the expectation that things aren't going to necessarily always just line up in your favor to accomplish something. Right. Right. Like you all expect some things to go fucking sideways. Yeah. Expect things to go fucking wrong. Yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Jocko has like three alarm clocks. Do you know that? No, I didn't. He has but a I, he has a digital one. He has one on his foot. I think he has one on his phone, and he has like a old style like manual <laughs> clock. So he has three alarm clocks that go off like five minutes in between each other. God, his wife must be so pissed off. Uh, so, well, he <laughs> said he, he said in this podcast I was listening to that he gets to the first one usually, and he shuts off the other two. Got it. But. He's got two backup plans just for waking the fuck up. Yeah. Not to say that you need to have that with everything in your life, but if something's important to you, you need to be prepared for things to go wrong because if things can go wrong, they will eventually. And you need to realize and you need to be able to adapt in those situations. Yep. I love it. That's a big one. And then three, and I already mentioned this before, is surrounding yourself with a small amount of high performing people rather than a large amount of suboptimal performing people. <laughs> and maybe that's a little bit too te- technical with the words there, but if you what I found is if you're alone and you're shooting for goals and you're trying to perform at a high level, there's no really match for if you're doing that with somebody else who is also pushing arguably harder than yourself. 
Mm. Like if you if you surround yourself with those types of people, you're going to be able to propel yourself further than I would say you would have thought possible. Because like I I wouldn't have been able to do, I think really any of the things that I accomplished this year without the people that are closest to me. Facts. Like with the CFP, I, I literally got back from Texas and I s- sat down and I, for the next 35 days, I got up at 4.30 and I went to the office and I studied for six hours every day. And Alex would more or less make my food yeah, every, like the night before. So I would just grab it and go. And if I didn't have those extra hours, I don't know if I get to where I want to go. And that's the same with the other the other pieces mm. of the equation. So I think that was probably the big, one of the biggest lessons I learned this year was uh, just like the, how much the people you surround yourself influence what you can accomplish. I feel like people don't take that advice seriously. No, because it's hard, right? Like if you're around a bunch of people who aren't aspiring to be in a place where you want to go or maybe even something that's greater, mm. uh, whatever that might be, then it's really hard to – I think it's hard to remove yourself from that, especially if those those are the people that have been around you your whole life or the people in your family or – uh, there maybe even a significant other. Yeah, like that's that's the reality of the situation. You're you're only going to be able to go as far as the people around you want you to go. It does take a team, man. It does take a team to accomplish things. And I, it's funny you and I talk about this. I, I feel like a decent amount, but it's crazy how small our circles are. Yeah, yeah. Like I would say, I have maybe. Three really good friends. Yep. Concur. Three really close friends. I mean, I have some other, some friends that are, maybe we were close in the past, but not so close anymore just because of natural progression of yep. where I want to go versus where they want to go and where they live and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, like I have three, three or four people really close to me in my entire life. And I don't think people listening should take that as like offensive, dude. Like it's, I feel like that's how most people operate in the world is like they have four, five, six close people that they trust intimately. And it's like, if that offends you, I'm I'm sorry, but like, that's the reality of like, I I, I think a formula for success is like having a close knit community that drives you to be better and make sure you achieve your goals and helps you do that along the way. Obviously you help them achieve things too, but like, if that offends some people, like I know when I post, like evaluate who you, who you spend your time with, like really evaluate what they bring to your life. People are like, Oh, that's like harsh. It's true, man. Like that's a formula for success. It's like a formula for success. Everyone talks about it. So there's validity in it. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. Like it's not, I think it's not that people get offensive, but people get, more i think it's more them being def- defensive right because if they actually did that deep down they know that they would look around the people that that are close to them and they would realize that almost every single person around them isn't helping them get to maybe where they want to go yep. or maybe they don't even know where they want to go which is also another another issue it's like you're just kind of floating out in the atmosphere and you haven't even really thought about it so so yeah i Surrounding yourself with high-performing people is extremely important if you want to be a high-performing person yourself. Yep. So that's just that's just the reality of the situation. I saw a video the other day. It said uh, <laughs> it was really harsh. It was like cut out one of your loser friends and add a winner to your life. And that's – yeah, that sucks. That's, maybe it could be phrased in a better way, but that's the harsh reality of the situation. And here's what I'll say is I was listening to Sean Whalen, who you know is like the leader of this coaching group I'm in, and he's it's really blunt. It's like guppies swim with guppies and killers swim with killers. 
And it's like, that's the truth, man. Like if you, if you needed me to recommend you someone for, I don't know, some activity you're pursuing, you could probably assume the person I'm going to recommend to you to help support you in whatever you're working on is going to be a killer most of the time, right? Because that's who I feel like we associate ourselves with is killers. But like, if you're in a group of people that are comfortable and complacent, like their resources are also going to be comfortable and complacent, you know, like it's just winners no winners most of the time is what I've come to find. Yeah, and I feel like there's a little bit of a trap there in the sense that if you're the highest performing person in your group, it makes you feel better. Mm. But if you're if you're sitting there and you look at yourself and you're like, I'm the highest performing person in the group of people that are closest around me, then you need to find a, another group, yep. honestly. You should never be the person that is – exceeding everybody else and you can confidently say that like you're in the wrong group yep you got to find someone else because if you're not if if you're not waking up and thinking oh well this person already did this like wow they're really working hard like yeah. i need to work harder then what are you doing i know this i i'm just tangibly like reflecting on what you said and it's like you see Ant waking up at like two two o'clock he's yeah, got like, a kid in his hand and he's doing dumbbell thrusters yeah exactly <laughs> Like I, I, frankly, like even even with you and I over the past six, seven months with the Ironman, it was really hard for me because, like, I, you were killing it, and I was like, wow, like I really need to like get my shit together. And part of what propelled me to get through that whole experience was the fact that, like, you were working on such an elevated level that I feel like even just me putting in my effort like the effort that i needed to get to put in to get even close to that was so much more than it would have been if you weren't there you i'm know taking I mean? that compliment right there i'm not even saying anything yeah. i appreciate the compliment thank yeah. you dude yeah of course man but that's what happens that's just the real that's why i that's why i think the big one of the biggest lessons from this year is to surround yourself with those types of people because i i mean i accomplished if I look back, like a pretty fucking large amount of shit, dude. I mean, a lot. Which, not to like try to boost my ego or whatever, but yeah, I did a lot of shit this year that most people can't ever do. Like most people will never do. Facts. And the only reason I'm able to do that is be with the people that I've surrounded myself with. What are we? What are we on in time right now? We're sitting at like fifty-seven. Oh my god. <laughs> I have two more things. So do we Okay. Want, okay. So let's just yeah, bust them out. Okay. So I was I just wrote this before we hopped on. I want to give you credit for one thing I think you improved upon tremendously in the last three months because I saw it. Your intentionality with respect to your relationship um with Alex, because I feel like you guys have really been crushing it. You guys are doing seventy five hard together. You guys are um, you know, planning date nights and like talking about what you want to see in, with respect to your relationship moving forward. So I want to give you a lot of props with that. Um, and that, yeah, that's, so that's, I, I thought an area you did a, an amazing job on that maybe you didn't even recognize or, or, or say in this podcast was just how intentional you are with your relationship in the past months. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, I appreciate that one. And Two, it's it's a factor because I have I wasn't intentional with it right right before yeah. because of all the things I was I was doing and of course Alex realizes that in that moment but I feel like we more or less had this I don't think we ever explicitly talked about it but it was one of those things where it's like I'm doing all of these things all at once so we're not going to be able to do certain things, which was like a sacrifice I had to make. And she definitely had to make consciously over the past year. And so after I was able to accomplish those goals legitimately because of Alex, Mm. I feel like it was only, it's only right that I, and it feels right that we spend more time together. We do some things that she wants to do. Right. And I put in some sacrifices for some things that she wants to achieve. Mm. It's that given that take. And if you can't find somebody in your life that is able to put themselves aside for what you're trying to accomplish, then 
I think you you probably need to reevaluate your relationship and vice versa. You got to be able to put what you want to do aside for what that person wants to achieve in different moments of your life. And that I think we talked about this. Did we talk about this on the Iron Man podcast? I don't know if we talked about it, but I was like, I love how much she gave you that moment. You know, like yeah. even though she helped you almost arguably more <laughs> more than even what you did for yeah. the training. I mean, she was part of that moment. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Right. But she like gave it to you so much. Um, just with respect to like she let that you were able to shine in that moment. Like she didn't take anything away from you. And I I really appreciate that about just watching that it kind of objectively. So um yeah, I wanted to mention that. I don't have I don't think I have anything else. Um no, that's it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one else? thing, one thing I think you have done an incredible job on over the past year, uh, 2021 was being way more self-aware of where you are and keeping yourself in check. What do you mean by that? I mean, with your respect to your food and the emotions yeah, and oh, the mentally and sleep and oh, just yeah. realizing how many the more mental side of things mm. I think is something you like a tool you should really sharpen this year was mm. with meditation and visualization and really feeling how like trying to feel how you're actually feeling and understanding why you're feeling that way yep. has helped you tremendously. I mean, you haven't had any kind of binge eating episode and so long. Yeah. So, I mean, you've put in a lot of work to, to really squash that bug. And of course there's always, there's always more work to be done. Mm. Those things don't go away, even sure. with seven months. Uh, you'll still experience things just like you did like over the past, what, three weeks ago, two yeah. weeks ago. But you can tell now that you're, you have the tools to better take care of yourself in those situations. I appreciate cool. that. And I think the, the big thing for me, dude, was just asking more questions. Like it, it comes back to the, the thought process or the, the tool it's just asking more questions about like, dude, why are you binge eating? Like, what is going on here? That's obviously not a productive action. Like, what what is causing that? Yeah. Um, and being a little bit more empathetic to yourself about why it's happening. So I appreciate the compliment. Thank you, dude. Yeah. Um, that was a quick 50 or an hour. Long. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm trying to see if there's anything else here. Oh. One thing, yeah, no, I'm gonna save that for the next year. I'm gonna save that for the next year podcast. Okay, is that an end? Yeah, I think we can tie a bow on it. Yeah, tie a bow. Appreciate everyone listening. If you're still here, <laughs> go ahead and uh, slap that subscribe button. Yeah, great, great review. Get it done. Get it done. Done. Later. That was fun.